Hello, lovelies. Welcome to year three of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. If you're new to the show, please remember, back it up and see what you've been missing. Those of you who love it already, remember, I need you. I need you to like, to share, review, subscribe, and maybe even consider clicking that patron button. Let's grow our community so that we can grow and learn together. So I want to talk to y'all about stress. So many people believe that stress is necessary, that like if they're not stressed out, they're not doing their job, that they're not focused enough, determined enough. It's an addiction. Beloved, stress is not an ingredient for success. It's quite the opposite. If it's anything at all, it's the antidote for success. It gets in the way. And even when you are successful, you're miserable or even worse, maybe sick the least, probably an asshole. It's not necessary, beloved. It doesn't help. We all need to slow down just a bit. But I recognize that when I say slow down, when anybody says you need to slow down, we resist that tooth and nail. It's like we can't possibly slow down because there's too much to do and too much life and and whatever. Or maybe we think if we slow down, we're being lazy No, laziness is disengagement, right? Laziness isn't even not doing the dishes. Laziness is so much more than that. Laziness is not doing your self-work. Laziness is not taking that breath, the thing we should replace slowing down with, right? We need to take a breath, right? We need to Let ourselves sit in quiet and peace. And yet some of us are afraid of it. We misinterpret it as lonely or lazy or or something else. Beloved, laziness itself is just fear. It's fear of hard work. It's fear of success. It's fear of change. It's fear of self-discovery. But the opposite of that isn't stress. Beloved, what we're seeking is peace and calm, moving steadily forward, one step at a time, with self-discipline. I mean, after all, the number one value that we really should have, the number one value that we need is self-discipline. It weeds its way into everything. If we are disciplined, we will move steadily forward. If we are disciplined, we will pause and breathe. If we are disciplined, we will value each step along the path. We will value constructive criticism. We will value our own calm and peace, both of which are superpowers, by the way. What we need is a lifestyle that gives us permission to have values, and that is largely by choice. If you have a job that does not give you a lot of extra disposable income, or even if you have one that does, the way that you spend that money, that you use that money, will give you more space for values or less. I have one client who is working literally three jobs trying to pay off debt and make sure that she can put her son through school, and those are admirable, admirable things but she's having trouble focusing on them as the value. Instead, she is just resistant. She is indignant. 
it is unfair in her mind, despite the fact that it is a choice. If she wants a lifestyle that lets her value having a moment to pause, she needs to rework it all. And if she's not going to, if she deems those focuses, those choices, those goals of getting out of debt, helping her son in school, all of those things, if those are her primary values, she needs to give herself permission to catch her breath in other ways. It's all about choice, beloved, and it's all fair. Unfair has been the trigger word that has come up again and again in my conversations in the past couple of weeks. We all have a tendency, every one of us, it's literally part of how our brain is wired, to default into indignance. Indignance is one of those SAT words. Everybody thinks they know what it means until you ask them <laughs> what it means. Indignance is having anger or resentment for something we deem unfair. And I know there is this cultural training, especially my generation and older, where we were just taught life's not fair. I've even seen people post things about how we need to convince our kids, train our kids that life's not fair. I had somebody respond to some post I made a few weeks ago with, goodness gracious, it was on my phone, so uh, uh, something several inches long that was very clear. He felt himself quite insightful in his rant about how life was not fair, and yet all I could see, all I see when you say life is not fair is a rejection of spiritual law, a rejection of cause and effect. Beloved. Life is relentlessly fair. It is all cause and effect. One thing triggers another, period. And if you do not like it, you have to change it. If it is something you learned from your parents, it may suck. It may be destructive. But it's fair. It's who they were and you happen to be there. If your friend from high school that was a total ass has a crap ton of money, honey, it's fair. They worked their life, did their things in a process to get there. And side note, it does not mean the rest of their life is peaches and cream. I have one client in particular who is a billionaire. I have a, I'm blessed to say I have a few. Um, they could pay off my house. That'd be cool. <laughs> I'm kidding, sort of. Um, no, it's amazing. She has an amazing life, an amazing lifestyle. But there are dark secrets within that family that I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want. And I guarantee you, if, uh, if a lot of these people are listening today, uh, the ones who think I'm talking about them are wrong. I'll tell you that for sure. And that's not just something like people say on social media. Um, You'd never guess this is the one I'm talking about. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. What does matter is that life is fair. Accept it. It is cause and effect. You can change your cause and effect. And if you're not willing to change it, you can change the way you think about it. But sitting around in indignance steals your power away. We're unable to dissect who we are and what we're supposed to be doing here if we just stay caught up in the idea that it's unfair. And so, therefore, we lean into that number one value of self-discipline and we push beyond that unfair. 
We remember that that sense that it is unfair is a cue that there is work to be done, that we can take it apart, that we can learn something that will make us better and stronger and more, that we must literally have an allegiance to with our higher self, this constant solidarity towards recognition that spiritual law is perfect and unfailing. You plant an acorn, you get an acorn tree. It works every single time with spiritual law, with human law. While yes, the universe manifests things for us in our path, it is also entangled with, bound by human law as well. There has to be a real form for manifestation. No matter what your religious beliefs, I'm here to tell you that you are not going to show up pregnant tomorrow if you never had sex. You are not going to find millions of dollars in your bank account if there was not some process by which it got there. Even if it was a lottery ticket, there was some human means that put it there. What happens is we get so caught up in the hidden that we get stressed out, that we get defensive, that we envelop ourselves in shadow and indignance. Now, I use the word shadow with a lot of caution because a lot of light workers talk about doing their shadow work, about how you have to integrate the dark and the light, and people get caught up in what that means as you walk around with sort of your little inner demon, and both of you get to act however you want. That's not it beloved. In fact, the term shadow work actually refers to these habitual reactions that we have to people, places, words, situations, things, foods, right? Habitual reactions, habits of the mind that we not only get subconsciously caught into, but that we begin to defend. The term shadow actually goes back to Carl Jung, who, you know, you probably heard the name, Philosopher dude, long time ago, okay? He talked a lot about shadow, the hidden parts of our being that we hold back out of truly misguided self-protection and not protection from other people, but protection from how we perceive ourselves. If we let this part show, then we end up perceiving ourselves as sad or wounded or something else. We hide it from others, from loved ones, family, work, friends, whomever. We hide it because to show it allows us, makes us perceive ourselves as weak or in pain. We, as Jung said, let it sit in the dark, right? And let it direct our lives. And then we call it fate. He said, until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. This misguided self-defense, this misguided allegiance to our habitual reactions without questioning them. We just call the circumstances by which they were born unfair and we let them rule our lives and our reactions and it's bullshit. We have to stop. This is what shadow work is. It's 
what you've heard me call life school. Beloved, it is okay to let other people see your weaknesses. It is okay to have quote-unquote negative emotions. In fact, I don't believe any emotions are negative. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to be ignorant. What is ignorant anyway? It just means you don't have the facts. You weren't educated. There is no flaw. In fact, there is nothing but unbelievable quality traits in the idea that you can get a new piece of information and change your damn mind. Change your mind. Stress is not an ingredient for success. Loneliness is nothing but a reminder that you're focused on the wrong things. Anxiety is living in the future or the past. It's focusing all of your time and energy and thought on something you cannot change or have no control over. We have to get right here. Our shadow is born of our internal dialogue and then fed by the emotions that we grow when we continue to think all of that crap. And then what do most of us do? We shove it into a corner somewhere and what happens there? It grows fat in the dark. Our shadow reveals itself as anger, blame, defensiveness, jealousy, laziness, insecurity, codependency, sometimes extreme independence, the lack of ability or willingness to lean in. Beloved, any of these reactions, any seemingly negative reaction is a cue. It is there to inspire us to dig deeper. There are no forbidden emotions or reactions as long as we pause and dissect them. Because without that, life and people are shallow and boring. We get caught up in false emotions and reactions. We need to be asking ourselves, is this how I feel or is it how I think I'm supposed to feel? Is this really the reaction required of this situation or am I just operating on raw, pure habit? Our mind, literally the science of our brain, allows us to attach to this habitual reaction to what my daughter calls the lizard brain. And other people do too. She didn't invent that. She says, lizard brain. <laughs> it's funny. And it helps make light of it. Beloved, our brain is designed to keep us alive. We see the bear coming and we run right? We don't live where there are bears anymore. And so we have this extreme reaction to things that don't require an extreme reaction. We have this thing in the back of our mind that motivates our internal dialogue, that takes in an experience, a word, a situation, an object, whatever it is, that trigger. And it shoots up, up shoots us up what I call the highway to the place, the hypothalamus or whatever it's called, where we have that emotional reaction. It feeds the shadow. We bounce back on our thoughts and we just start running up and down the highway, running up and down the highway. We end up in the dark, incapable of stopping. And that fear, that reaction, that habit grows fat. If you've been listening very long, you've heard me say, stop at Bucky's. <laughs> okay. When we travel, we always stop at Bucky's, even if we're not hungry. Even if nobody has to pee, we stop at Bucky's. And this is the pause we should all be taking all the time. Recognize as you have that cue within the body, that negative emotion, that physical reaction, whatever it happens to be for you, that defensiveness, that's number one. 
recognize it and pause. Stop at Bucky's, pull off the highway. Ask yourself, am I taking this the way it was meant to be? Check in, what's your inner dialogue? Do you know how often you will catch yourself trying to be your own negative cheerleader, trying to convince yourself that you deserve to be angry, belligerent, indignant, whatever it is? We do this to ourselves. It is a bad habit, but it's also that lizard brain, literally the part of the brain that's supposed to keep us alive, that's supposed to remind us what's wrong. We can retrain this because every time we stop at Bucky's and we go back and we view that trigger and we change our internal dialogue about it, we rewire that path. We take a different lane to a different emotion. We shine light on it. It will no longer grow fat. We end up feeding it with something positive. We have to accept that this is true. No matter how much the other person sucks, no matter how much the situation sucks, it's not unfair. It is cause and effect and it is in place for us to learn and grow. And so we have to self-reflect, self-examine, and be brutally honest. Even if the other person is 99% wrong, if there was no lesson for us, it would be indifferent to us. But it's not. We're reacting. We're having that trigger triggered. And so we have to be brutally honest. We have to say, yes, this is true about me. My expectations are ridiculous. My reaction is based on old childhood trauma and BS. I am self-centered. Whatever it Whatever it is, yes, this is true about me and this is what I'm going to do about it. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be okay with somebody else doing the same bullshit over and over again. We're probably not. But we're going to come at it from the angle of calm directedness. We're going to understand ourselves and others. I've told you before, if you think about love as an acronym, let others voluntarily evolve. This becomes observation and acceptance, or in some cases, removal. Realize this is not someone who should be in my world. It takes observation to see that clearly. Is this someone actually doing the best they can, learning and growing and trying to be a better person? Fantastic. Or are they truly somebody who has no place in my life? This comes from a place of love always. The more we view ourselves that way, the more we can see other people that way, the more we can accept who they are, whether we keep them around or not. This is true of people and jobs and circumstances of all kinds. And what happens on the other side of this? Calm, peace, better health. We have better moods. We are more present in everything. We communicate better. We listen better while all the time having better boundaries and being fearless in the defense of our boundaries because we know ourselves, we know our truth, we know our whys, and we have evaluated whether or not they are selfish or justified. Journaling helps. That and more than anything else, accepting that life school is constant and that stressing about it 
is the antidote for success. Stress is not an ingredient for success, not for success of any kind. In work, in spirit, cleaning the garage, <laughs> nothing. We have to pause and take a breath, dissect the shadow, the habit, the reaction. Stop at Bucky's. Connect to something new and real. We have to accept that calm is both safe and good. That's one of the hardest things. I've told you guys this before, but I spent the better part of a year with my primary focus being on that calm is safe and good. That the lack of stress is safe and good. It is not a cue that you're on the wrong path. It is a declaration that you are on the right one. Pause, beloved. Recognize the cues in your own minds. Learn to grow. On the other side, there will be everything you ever wanted. I don't mean things, though they will come. I don't mean money, though it will come. I don't mean specific types of relationships, though they will come. Everything you actually want is peace, validation. When we sit in that and we pause long enough to be grateful, everything else falls into place. One tiny, beautiful, remarkable step at a time. Until next time, beloved, namaste. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today for this episode of Lessons from the Universe with Jennifer Hall. It is my privilege to have your ear and your time. Come out, find me on social media, visit one of my seminars, book an educational session. However it is that I can support you, I'm here. Remember, beloved. There's a little brunette with a podcast who's got your back.